Hi everybody, welcome to my Friends with Wheels podcast. Today I talk with Nicole Jorwick about her work in disability policy and advocacy. You know, I talked to her about how she got started in the disability community, the work that she does with respect to disability policy and advocacy, uh, some of the stakeholders that she works with, and so on and so forth. I hope you enjoy this episode of this podcast as it is fun and very interesting. I hope you tune in to this episode. Enjoy. Okay, so tell me more about yourself and uh, how you got involved in the disability community. Yes, hi. Um, my, uh, my name is Nicole Drowick, uh, and I got involved in the disability community actually from really the beginning of my life. Um, I'll, I talk very a lot with my brother's permission about my brother Chris, but actually my connection to disability started before Chris was even born. Um, I uh, was in the first classroom in my school district a long, long time ago uh, that was inclus- inclusive. So my friend Sam has cerebral palsy and he was uh, in my class when we were five. My mom was actually pregnant with my brother at the time. So I've been really lucky that that disability um, and inclusion has been part of the fabric of my life from before I even knew what any of the anything meant. Um, and so I got more and more involved um, throughout my life. I was a direct care worker before I went to law school. That was all the jobs that I did through um, high school and college and law school was direct care work, either in camps or, or, or classrooms or other settings. And then I went to law school and practiced special education law before I got into the policy side of things. So I've gotten, in, I've been part of it from the very beginning and have been really lucky to touch different facets of the disability community and the work of the disability community. Mm-hmm. What sorts of things do you do in the policy realm? Yeah, in the policy world, uh, I started off as uh, the executive director of a nonprofit in the state of Illinois called the Institute on Public Policy for People with Disabilities. And so worked with um, providers that were uh, more visionary and really looking to promote best practices around services for people with disabilities. So I have experience in policy very around home and community-based services. That's, I think, what um, my probably greatest area of expertise is around is around access to home and community-based services, access to long-term supports and services, and that includes the workforce issues. And so um, I have been involved at, at the state level in getting policy through uh, the governor's office and through the legislature. And at the federal level for almost eight years, I've been working on policy at the federal level. So both working on administrative policy uh, and also obviously on legislation, really, again, very specifically around home and community-based services, but I've also worked on employment for people with disabilities. That's a really big and important passion of mine. So employment policy has always been an important part of uh, the policy work that I do as well. Mm-hmm. I understand that you're also in the out- advocacy world as well, if you could talk about that. Yes, um, advocacy work and and sometimes advocacy work can be a catch-all term. I, when I think of advocacy work, I really think of mobilizing folks and also of you know campaigning and making sure that we're winning on the issues and not just the policy. 
And so uh, I got more involved in that um, through the work at the ARC when I was at the ARC of the United States for about seven years. And so really making sure that advocates on the ground, grassroots uh, advocates, disabled people, people who support disabled people, uh, have a better understanding of the issues so that they can be ad better advocates and stronger advocates and, and move beyond their story to really demand and request action. So um, there's been a lot of different different points that I can think of, uh, including most recently what just wrapped up, um, is wrapping up yesterday, last, late last night and today around Medicaid advocacy and making sure that um, people have the access to the services that they need. And in 2017, we did a lot of different tactics, different advocacy tactics to prevent against cuts to Medicaid. So a lot of my um, advocacy and campaigning work really surrounds access to services and, and um, better pay for workers. And that includes everything from also during the COVID um, attempt to get a lot more money. We did a 24-hour vigil where we read stories uh, in front of the Capitol of people who need these services. So I could give a lot of examples, but that's kind of the broad strokes uh, of the advocacy work. Mm -hmm. What are the main stakeholders that you partner with in disability policy? Are there, uh, and also, are there any stakeholders that you work with outside of disability policy? Yeah, um, I work with a lot of folks, and if I started to make a I'll, I'll list some, but if I'm starting to make a list always makes me anxious because I know those there's folks that I've left out. I've been really lucky that when I came to, to into the work in DC about eight years ago, everyone was so generous um, with uh, their time and, and with their expertise. I obviously started at the Arc of the United States. So even though I'm with Caring Across Generations now, and I have been for over a year and a half, we still partner a lot with the Arc. Uh, we partner a lot with um, AAPD or the American Association for People with Disabilities, the Autistic Self-Advocacy Network, um, Baslon Center for Mental Health Law. Uh, and we do a lot of our work through coalitions as well. Um, and so we do, um, I, I co-chair the Consortium for Constituents with Disabilities, LTSS Task Force. So there's lots of other groups that are involved there. Also the Disability and Aging Collaborative. So uh, again, all of the members of those coalitions are groups that I partner with on a regular basis. Um, and, you know, Little Lobbyists is a really important advocacy group that represents children with disabilities and um, uh, critical uh, health needs. In terms of outside of the disability community, um, some of that I mentioned the Disability and Aging Collaborative. So I collaborate a lot with different aging organizations, Justice and Aging, um, even AARP, um, uh, Leading Age, the National Council on Aging, and also a lot of labor advocates. I think what I'm probably the, I don't know what I'm known for, but what something that I am known for is is working really closely with the disability community, the aging community, and also the labor community. So SEIU, um, even sometimes AFSCME, and um, the National Domestic Workers Alliance, and really figuring out how we can come to compromise points um, in different at different times, because groups sometimes didn't talk to each other, which also meant that, like, I think that well-intentioned things, for example, from the labor movement had negative impacts on the disability community that they just didn't even know about. And so making sure that folks are sitting down before we're at the point of disagreement is really what I try to do. 
and also outside of the disability community and even and also aging and labor, although they're all included in this as, as well. Um, I lead um, the Care Can't Wait Coalition. So we work with a lot of other care groups. So a lot of groups that are focused on women's issues, groups that are focused on childcare, groups that are focused on paid leave are also other advocates and stakeholders that I work with. Mm -hmm. My next question is like, how, how do you ensure that people with disabilities have the rights and services that they need to be you know, independent and self-sufficient from a policy perspective? Yeah, I mean, from ensuring that people with disabilities know about their rights is incredibly important and they have the rights already, right? The, the, the Supreme Court decision, for example, in Olms, the Supreme Court and the Olmstead decision set, said that people have a right to community-based services, an example. And obviously the Americans with Disabilities Act allows for the right for people to have employment. The right turning into actual services and supports is where we have a lot of issues. Um, so, I, but I, so I think it's important to make sure that disabled people know their rights, know what they should have access to and what they might not, and then encourage them and empower them to, and work alongside them to get there, to get to the, to the, to the second part of that, which is the services that folks need to be independent and self-sufficient. That can include home and community-based services. It, it also can include it, the appropriate AAC, AAC device, the appropriate home improvements. It's not just about HCBS, although a lot of, or home and community-based services, but a lot of it is. Um, and so it's about both making sure that, again, that disabled people themselves have the knowledge and understanding that they need about what's available and what their rights are, and then making sure that we can uh, fight to expand these services in Congress. That's the way to ensure, to make, to assure that people have the services that they need is to pass and invest more money into these systems because the only way that um, folks, no matter their level of support need, are gonna get to the independence and self-sufficiency is with a, a robust system that doesn't leave people behind. Mm-hmm, yep. Um, lastly, how can disability policy, you know, be a catalyst for change and sort of make a difference in people's lives? Yeah, well, I mean, disability policy has always been, uh, well, first of all, every policy area has a disability angle, whether it's being discussed or not. And so I think disability policy can be a catalyst for change in that way. I mean, there's so many things that disability advocates fought for that ultimately help more than just the disability community. Even some of the um, physical accommodations from the Americans with Disabilities Act help people with strollers, help people with um, older adults with mobility issues. And so, um, I mean, disability policy is literally a catalyst for change for more than just the disability community. And it makes a difference in people's lives because the more disability policy that we have that ensures that people have the independence and self-sufficiency that, th that they need means that more disabled people are gonna be in this world. And that's gonna, that makes a difference in everyone's lives because community integration is something that's incredibly imp important to me. And the term integration is from the Latin word integrare, which means to make whole. And when I think about the policy work that, that we do, the advocacy work that we do, uh, and the change that we're ultimately push, pushing for, it's that each individual has the services that they need to feel like they, they're a whole person, but also ultimately it's about our communities being whole because people with disabilities can be fully full participants in the community. Mm -hmm. Yep.
All right, everybody, that does it for today's episode of My Friends with Wheels podcast. Today, I talked with Nicole Jorwick about her work in disability policy and advocacy. I hope you enjoyed this episode as I did as well. Anyway, feel free to tune into other episodes as they become available. And until then, have a wonderful day. Bye-bye, everyone.